The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to planestalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. We went to a card shop, uh, Fantasy Games, to play in a Friday Night Magic, and he was playing Necropotence, and he called it Necropotence. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how you say that. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Planeswalkers Podcasting Network, and we're here to apparently ruin my 3-0 and talk magic. How you doing, Matt? Uh, Not too bad. Um, Ended up having to work today. Not a big deal. Pretty standard day. Um, We're recording a little bit early, so I haven't really accomplished much after work, like in between work and recording. Uh, Big thing I've been doing. So you haven't spent three hours uh, watering your yard yet? No. So no lawn care to talk about this week. (laughs) I know everyone's... Very disappointed in the status of my grass. You're all welcome. Yeah. Um, But actually what I've been playing is uh, Shredder's Revenge. It's a beat-em-up remake. How old is it? It just came out like last week. That's what I was saying on the Discord. Um, It's a new Ninja Turtles game. Uh, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, in case you don't know. I'm a huge fan. Have been since I was a kid. Uh, Played all the like NES and arcade and SNES games as a kid growing up. Um, and then they just released Shredder's Revenge, which is, in a, it's still like a pixel art game, but it's a brand new game. It's got like updated gameplay and whatnot. It's still a beat em up. So the, the core gameplay hasn't changed, but like, uh, of one of the big additions that I didn't really even think about because it's so common in games now is just like a dodge. Mm-hmm. So like, if you go back and play like Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo, you can't dodge. None you of the just old, none of the around. old like, uh side scroller street fighters was just you could duck sometimes i think yeah but you basically it's just moving up and down yeah. the screen or left and right well because um, they're just eating quarters and yeah. the way you eat quarters is you make them get hit um well and a part of it's just the technology like i mean a lot of those games were just old sound like watsy over here but uh we don't have the technology the technology yeah but yeah it was great uh sat down it's not a very long game not mm-hmm. really to be perfectly honest really shouldn't be a long game you don't need 30 hours of beat up but yeah. it was on sale like it's $25 retail and everybody every place that had it for sale had it 10% off as well so like 23 bucks um i beat it once with Raphael um there's two primary modes of play there's campaign mode which has like a map where you can move around and you like unlock levels and whatnot and then there's a classic arcade mode where you had to just beat it in one sitting mm-hmm. uh about 16 levels the game looks fantastic it plays really well did you play uh, it on a CRT TV no I didn't. I played it on my giant TV, and it looks awesome. (laughs) On your 60-inch, millimeter-thick television. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a great time with that. And then on Monday, we went and played Pioneer yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, Made a lot of fun. I think it was a really good day. We had our our biggest turnout yet. We had 10 people at the Sage Shop. Matt showed up. For the first time ever, I actually made it to the winner's bracket. I've gone 2-1 every week. I've always won one, and then I lose one to D.C., uh, he has been my arch nemesis. He runs basically green. It's not green devotion. It's just green curve. Mm-hmm. So it's just like play efficient one mana threat, play efficient two mana threat, play efficient three mana threat. That's all it is. So it's yeah. like a, you know a one mana one uh, one mana pell collector. So a one one that gets bigger than like a two mana three two, 
then a three mana four four, then a four mana uh, questing beast, mm-hmm. and it's like I doesn't matter if I'm playing Lotus Field or Goblins, I just fold to yeah, that. Yeah, questing beast probably just shuts Goblins right down. Uh, all of them do actually. Yeah. Anything with more than one power shuts it down pretty hard. Yeah. So I actually brewed up. I uh, I posted in the Discord. I don't know if we talked about it, but I brewed up like like on a Sunday night one night a Esper Mentor list because mm-hmm. I, I, I think I talked about it. I realized Mentor was legal and I'm like, I love Mentor. That's my favorite card to play. We even had a guest, uh, Kyle from Canada, sent us Mentor tokens, which are my prize possession now. And when I realized I was Pioneer legal, I'm like, well, I'm playing that. No one else is playing it because it probably isn't very good because there's no like cheap cantrips. There's, it's hard to get an insane amount of value off of it and she's easy to, or he's easy to kill, but I don't care. It's what I want to do. So I brewed up a Esper mentor tribal list because i can run esper esper mentor and sedgemore witch which does a similar thing she makes one one pest tokens instead of prowess monks but yeah close enough and i played it a couple times throughout the week i made a bunch of changes last night which is actually cool you can go in and pioneer and you can buy like 12 cards for your deck and still not spend your 15 dollars in store credit yep it's pretty sweet it's playing relatively inexpensive it's format. pretty cool playing pioneer but then i took it i i, I registered it for the event and i Got a three. I got two one. Almost got a three zero. I went o. I went two o four o, and then I lost to Matt and his stupid Boros deck that yep. he built. Uh, showed up. I'm currently undefeated in matches in Pioneer. I played three not, and won three. Not in games. I didn't say games. I'm undefeated in matches. Personally, games don't really mean nearly as much to me as a match. Oh, uh, so, that's why so, you, feels so good to go o two or two o. It does. But I'm I'm much more concerned with that match result. I don't mind dropping yeah. a game. Especially, I mean, in classic fashion, anybody who plays Magic with me on a regular basis will tell you this is true. I almost never win the die roll. I didn't win the die roll nope, at all. Not once. So, like, I went... You need to I do low on, roll. You I need to on, do low roll. I was on the draw every single game. <laughs> every game one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then even game two, because, like... Well, yeah, because you always kept winning. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but no one's mad at you for being on the draw on game two. I know, but, but it, yeah, was you, just, it was just... It was very funny. Very strong deck you build. That's, yeah, so we've um, even been watching it. We'll talk about it later because we talk about Pioneer in our bonus content. But like, it's really been climbing through the ladder. Of it started at like two or three percent, kind of just popped out, and I think this week it's sitting at like six or seven percent. Yeah, for the total meta game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't looked at any like tournament results. Uh, I actually briefly looked at them. Didn't look like Pioneer or Boros Agro did that great over the weekend online. Probably bad pilots. But, yeah. What I mean, any number of things. Um, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with the deck. Uh, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be, especially given the cost of the deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the things, there were two things that drew it to me. Like it just looked like fun gameplay, mm-hmm. uh, which it is. And it was inexpensive and it didn't look like it had anything that was like really on the ban radar. Mm-hmm. Cause that was one of the things we've talked about multiple times was like, like, I don't really want to build a blue red deck. Cause yeah. I think something's going to get banned out of there. Expressive iteration right. or your dig through time. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Blue Boros Aggro is very fun. It's way faster of a clock than I thought it was going to be. And there were multiple times by like turn three, I'm swinging in for 10. Like yep. a couple Swift Spears or like a, a favorite hoplite on turn one, followed by a Swift Spear on turn two. Yep. And you just pump them and well, start swinging. My Esper deck is just, it's just tribal removal. Obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's the point of the deck is you get down, you, first of all, you keep the board clean. Get to the late game, get down a mentor of some kind, whether it be Sedgemore Witch or S or uh, Monastery Mentor, and then just keep pumping removal spells. Just keep killing everything they play, get value out of it, and win, which is how I won every other game that week or that night. And 
against the deck that only ever wants to have one creature out, I still could not kill enough of your creatures. Because as soon as one sticks, I, you're just fucked. Yeah. And, and like the, the few setup turns where like turns like one to four where you're trying to get set up, you're trying to be ready to play around a protection spell or something. You just take so much damage. It's just yeah, it's ridiculous. Like take four, then take six, then take eight. <laughs> yep. If you go turn one favorite hoplite, turn two can start dishing out some yeah. serious damage. If you, if I you mean, just you play that be... one thing where it's like target it to give it a plus one yeah, plus the one homestead counter, courage, then flash it back. You're, yep. You have a five five. Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a five five. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a five six actually because uh, yeah. favorite hoplite's a uh, one two. But yep. yeah, you can start swinging in for five on turn two, very easily. Yeah. Like, it's. Very good. Um, probably the all-star card outside of Favorite Hoplite, because Favorite Hoplite to me is like the best card in the deck. Mm -hmm. uh, Reckless Rage is fantastic. Yeah. That card won you. Like, uh, that that card won me multiple games. At least against me, it won, I think, two games yeah. where it just cleanly answers any threat, keeps your board going. And pumps one of my dudes. And pumps. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the list I put together... Um, if I had to make any changes, I forget what the... There's a card that gives a creature plus one, plus one in haste and has jumpstart. Uh, I cut that almost like almost every game. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem to be impactful enough. Um, that would probably be one change up up make. Uh, Sideboard-wise, I just threw together kind of a stock sideboard. Yeah. That's how mine is, too. Um, it's just kind of a whatever sideboard. Yeah, and I'll probably tune the sideboard a little bit to the shop yeah. um, just to see what... I can do there. Obviously, I'm not going to be playing it online, so I don't need to match the mm -hmm. my sideboard to the online meta. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, but yeah, it was fun deck. Uh, Monastery Swift Spore, Swift Spear is still a very good card. Mm -hmm. uh, you can upgrade to like the dope uh, Secret Lair ones. Probably not. I, <laughs> I one of the things I like about this is it's very inexpensive. Yeah, I had most of the card. But I had, already had most of the expensive cards. I'm on my third deck. Yeah, like I started playing probably what two three months ago and i bought a pre-con and tuned it up and then i bought goblins and tuned them up and then i bought i, I had a lot but i basically did Espermentor and tuned it up like I'm, yeah. i've got three decks now and i'm probably like a hundred and i'm probably a hundred bucks into the format having having a, a, a collection a small collection i'm probably a hundred to 120 bucks into the format and i have three i mean three decks that can either go three oh or two one yeah easily i uh I already had I already have most of the shocks and most of the fast lands yeah. from Kaladesh, so because that's typically speaking what I do if a uh, if a new in standard set gets printed and it's got what I think are good lands, I just buy a place out of all of them. Uh, it's probably one of the lands are yep. basically the most important cards to have in Magic. I, I told the group um, I'm gonna wait for them to rotate. They'll be rotating in like another couple months. But once the flip lands rotate, I'll have a standing offer. Like anyone that wants to sell me flip lands, I'll be buying them. Yeah. Because I just want a place out of all of them. Yep. And they're, they're not even horribly expensive no. right now. No, I think they're like seven, eight bucks for most of them now. I like to see them drop down to like three or four bucks. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I had a good time. Uh, everyone there was really cool. You've done a great job building a little community there. Everybody got along really well. Um. I got lucky and found a good community. Yeah. Uh, DC uh, basically started it. He played back like before covid mm -hmm. he played a lot he put the call out he started the meetings um i worked with him to kind of take it over because i don't know if I, I, I was talking to him about it i, I might tell the story again but just like i was like hey you know if you want i'll run this like i kind of like running stuff i'm i like being in a leadership role i like being the person who gets to talk blah blah, blah. and he was like I, I think i asked him like i'll do whatever you want this is your show i'm not gonna step on your toes and he was like i would love for you to do this i just want to play pioneer yeah 
And he's, he was like, I would love to step aside and let you handle it. And I was like, sweet. But yeah, it's all th- it's it's thanks to him, and it's thanks to obviously because most of them listen to our podcast. So hope you guys are listening. It's thanks to you guys and Nikki. Nikki's there too. Yep. Uh, you guys show up every week, and like it's something that I I literally look forward to it on Tuesday morning. Like I wake up Tuesday, and I'm like I am excited to go play Pioneer again. I wish we could. Uh, we can't. Uh, one, I can't afford to, and two, I don't have time. I'd love to do it twice a week. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get to do it like Monday and Friday or something. Yeah, It'd be so much fun. Yeah. Had a great time. Yeah, that was base three zero. Got my first. Yes, a nice solid dipped my 3-0. toe in there, and you basically won a, fri- a, a small Friday night magic. Yeah, you're slowly catching up to Julian. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yep. I had a I had a very good time. Everybody there was really cool. I had an incredibly productive week, so I'll run through it quickly because we're getting already getting into the episode. But so this weekend, I mowed the grass. I uh, we got our shop. I got my shop cleaned out last week. I got like a full spring clean on the shop. But I went through and I like. I like repaired an anvil stand. I got a TV down there and got it set up so I can watch YouTube. I hung a ceiling fan. I hung a bunch of lights. I fixed some shelving in the house. I hung a mirror. I I I repaired some bathroom stuff. I repl- I did plumbing. Like I was Bob the Builder this weekend. I got a lot of stuff done, which means I've got a lot of brownie points. Yep. So I get to do whatever I want. Which means going to Wabash in a couple weeks, right? Which yeah, this weekend actually this we've weekend, got. Yeah. Uh, so Ethan is uh, Ethan's one of the guys that, to the best of my knowledge, loves to play EDH. Played a bunch of EDH and walked in on us one Monday. And was like, "What? What are you guys doing?" And we were like, "It's Pioneer. You should come play." Bought a precon deck, played like a week or two. I was like, "This is a lot of fun." So he's played. He's played every week, I think. And me and Ethan have become quick friends. He's a really cool guy. So I was. I saw this modern thing coming up. Um, I think it's in Wabash. Is that where we said it was? It's at Head to Head Games. If anyone's yeah. listening, I want to check it out. It's Head to Head Games in Indiana. Um, it is this Saturday. Uh, the what's Saturday? Can you pull it up on a, on a calendar to figure to find it? Yeah. Anyway, I'll get the, I'll get the date here in a bit. But it's a modern one K. It's twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. A small one K. And I'd seen some of the guys like Ethan or Drew maybe wanted to go do an event, and so I went there. And unfortunately. Drew may be listening. He wasn't there for two weeks, so I couldn't ask him. But I was like, I have an extra deck. I'll borrow Matt's deck. If somebody wants to go experience a competitive play tournament, this is relatively casual. It's 30 bucks. It's close. We can go check it out. And Ethan was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. So he's going to come over Friday night. We're going to go forge all night, fuck around, maybe play some Oculus, get up Saturday, mor- or Saturday morning, go drive half hour, and probably go, uh, you know, like 3-1 or or it'd be a, it'd be one three. We'll go one three or three two or two three, whatever, and scrub out. But that's our plan. We're gonna go uh, play modern. I don't think he's ever even played a modern deck. I need to get there this week and like get some reps in with him on how to play modern. Yeah. But I'm gonna go play my reanimator. He's gonna go play affinity. Honestly, as far as the meta goes, I think we both have a chance to go and like do decent. But just his inexperience and my inexperience, we're probably just gonna go have some fun, fuck around, and a close like this. A, 30-minute tournament away is, like, the perfect place to just go and just lose some money. Yeah, and it's, from what I understand, it's pretty much highway driving. It is, uh, uh, it's in Wabash, Indiana. Uh, obviously, we can just link to it. They've got a Facebook page and whatnot yep. for head-to-head yeah, yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, I'll get a thing put up. But, yeah, in case anybody's anybody, interested. Yeah. If, they, if, you got, if you're not doing this weekend, the 25th, it's, it's going to be a fun time, I'm sure. And you can stop in and see me and Ethan, and I'm, I'd be happy to sign anything you want, I guess, if that's a thing people like their half-ass podcast host to do. <laughs> As a half-assed podcast host, though, I do want to give a big shout-out to our patrons this week. 
as we do every week, I want to say thank you to Empra. Empra is the one who puts our stuff on Reddit every week. He does a wonderful job not only posting it to Reddit, but also giving a really nice discussion thread going on mostly modern, but even some legacy too. Uh, Ramblin' Rogue, whom I'm very sorry. I haven't seen much in the Discord, and I think he's I, – I, I'm pretty sure he's he's a he lost his Winota. I think that was Ramblin' Rogue. Either way, uh, Ramblin' Rogue, Derek and Joe with the Family Gathering Podcast – Every, every, every week I recommend people check out Family Gathering Podcast. It's a great kind of like st- a little sort of standardy, but mostly pioneer and not pioneer, pauper and EDH themed podcast where they get their kids in it. And then our newest um, patrons, Eric, and our brand new patron, Mono Wolf, who subscribed at the Force, uh, Force and Issue tier. So every month we give our $10 patrons a chance to force us to discuss something they'd like to see. And this week we'll be talking about Mono Wolf's uh, Popper Wolves deck. We do have a fair bit of uh, constructive criticism to give on the deck build. Uh, after that, I want to give a shout out to the Plain Soccer's podcast. Will and Aramis are your everything you need to know about standard podcasts on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv forward slash Plain Soccer's podcast. You can watch their episode or listen to their podcast basically anywhere podcasts are found. And then on Wednesday at that same location, you can watch their Commander Craft where they play live Commander. Head over to discord.plainsoccerspodcast.com to join in the fun and maybe even join in a Commander Craft episode. Alrighty, Matt. How is legacy looking uh pretty much the standard uh pretty high blue red delver content um doesn't look like there's a ton of like super spicy stuff there's a couple decks we haven't seen in a while in the Mm -hmm. top eight but it doesn't look like there's anything like you know that popped up like that mono black deck and stuff like that we're like they just kind of came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. Uh, these are all these are all established decks although third place is third place we haven't seen in a while i mean I remember I bumped into that like a, a year or two ago on MTGO, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, well, and I got got, and we'll get to it. But I think the biggest, the third place is ArcLight Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing with me with that deck was that deck had a, at least in theory, should have a pretty good matchup against something against Oko because it's all just one turn. Mm-hmm. It's playing just you know drop some phoenixes, swing, yeah. and doesn't really give Oko a chance to like do anything about that. Yep, um, and it's very fast. So, but. But we haven't really seen it pretty much since Oko was banned. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen that deck and pop up And we didn't see much. it much then either. Yeah. Yeah, even then it was still a French yeah. deck. Um, but bringing it home with 8-cast is Danny Bombi- Bambino. Uh, this is, it's 8-cast, but it actually has six of the thought monitor, uh, three thought monitors, yeah. three thought cast. Um, doesn't look like there's anything super spicy otherwise. No, we've hit, um, so I'm going to make a reference to another podcast I listen to, uh, Everyday Eternal, not Everyday Eternal. Eternal Glory podcast. We are kind of in this garbage time where everyone's admitting legacy kind of sucks, and that's a that's a weird time to be in. So when Matt and I first started this podcast, the reason we created it is because we sat down every week, most days, and said, we think legacy kind of sucks. And every podcast that we listened to always kept a very like upbeat, positive attitude about it, being like, oh, hey, this is cool, that's cool, and no one talked about the issue. And that's kind of the trend of legacy is like everyone, nobody wants to be the boogeyman and talk about the elephant in the room yeah. until everyone starts talking about it. And then we hit this garbage time where like, we're all kind of sure that a ban should happen. We're all willing to admit it now, which basically means a bunch of influencers have admitted it. And like, there's not no innovation, but there's less innovation. There's less interesting stuff. It's just the same decks fighting. And there's less interest in like legitimately working on the format because we're all pretty sure 
there's going to be some huge shakeup. Yeah. This is the weirdest instance of garbage time, though, where like we all like really expect a shakeup because Watsi just said they're not going to, even though we're all like, but it needs one, and Legacy isn't that fun right now. Right. So yeah, look, I, that's all to say. Looking at this list, I don't see anything on this list yeah. that is remotely different than what we've seen in the last couple weeks. Nope. Uh, there's three Kappa Can here instead of four. Yeah. Like that's the and threes, even that kind of fluctuates back and forth. Like yes, that's not that, a huge innovation yeah. or anything. Um. Yeah, nothing super exciting about 8-cast. Still love the deck. I think mm-hmm. it's great, and it's very good for Legacy. Um, it's probably the the newest, the best new deck, for sure. Uh, oh, it's like power level? Yeah, like yeah, for it's sure. very, like a lot of the decks that you would consider Tier 1 have been around forever. Yes. Uh, this just 8-cast like, is very, very clearly a Tier 1 deck I, and is Capacan, you're relatively you're going to this in. Yeah. Because I think the deck just never had the over-the-top. It didn't have that hard finish because, like, obviously, Psy is is good, but not enough. Yeah, easy to remove. Um, it does get some value, but even if you make like, it's not like a monster I mentor where if Psy makes like three flyers, that's three damage a turn is not nothing, but it's not a lot. Whereas yeah. monster I mentor, if you make three prowess tokens off of that, that's scary. Yeah, yep. The uh, it was obviously got it started getting played when Thought Monitor was spoiled and started mm-hmm. to get released, but it was just. You that know, was struggling real, find struggling to find its legs. Very inconsistent. It was real. You'd flash see in the it pan. pop up in the like top thirty twos every yeah. now and then. Every now and then it would top eight. Yeah. Then Kappa Cannoneers showed up and it's consistently yep. top sixteen, top eight, and today it won. It's or a that, like won. if you're planning on going to a tournament, you need to build a sideboard or a deck. Yeah, it's absolutely. Eight. You should absolutely plan on playing yep. against eight cast. Uh, second place to me it passes the elves test i always build elf i always put elf cards in my sideboard just yep. because you're just going to fold to it this is one of those that if you don't think about it you will fold to it yep. probably and the nice thing kind of along the same lines as elves is at least to some degree dealing with artifacts you don't have to dedicate a ton Mm-mm. of sideboard space to it uh artifacts in general are relatively easy to attack Kappa mm-hmm. cannoneer himself is a little hard to kill but like you well, know, you've got stuff like meltdown and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and you think it's like and they're running it themselves. We have Hercules Recall. Yeah, it's a great way to hose decks like this. So you have the tools are definitely there, and that's like elves especially. Yeah, the tools are there. It doesn't take a lot. Of, you throw a couple of blazing volleys in your sideboard, and like you've got some good yeah. tech against elves. Blazing volleys. Uh, there's that. And is, the, uh, and the festivities is the new yeah, one. Yeah, and the festivities is the new one. Yeah, but Plague if you, engineer. If you don't bring anything, and you get and you sit down across from elves, you're in you're trouble. in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Second place, we've got Five Color Zenith. This is basically those meat, one of the meat pie decks we've talked about before. There's actually, is there more than one JPA? Because JPA is there must there might be more than one JPA. This could be the JPA. JPA is um, the show and tell guy. Gotcha. Like he's like the he is like the he's the Bryant Cook of show, of and, show and tell. But there might be more than one JPA. JPA gotcha. ninety three is who brought this home. Uh, hey look- Matt, why don't you go through and tell me all the interesting things in this deck? Well, to start with, again, we've kind of seen this deck pop up a little bit, but it hasn't. This was one of those that was uh, a few months ago, like six months ago or so, mm-hmm. was a lot more popular than it was now, than it is, than it is now. Um, just looking through the list, there's not a ton that's new. Mm-mm. We got like one Life from the Loam, one Prime Time. Those may or may not have been in the other list. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, the Prime Time definitely was. Yeah. Uh, like Leovold was there, Knight was there. Like this is the uh, we at the time. Thanks to Julian, we call this meat pie because yeah. it's kind of just mm-hmm. a, a, just a pie of stuff. But we we've also kind of later started calling this as like this is the new Nick Fit. So Nick Fish is kind of an assortment of like kind of expensive but really good cards, and you're trying to like 
create a board state where you can take it, you can get them out. Yeah. And this is that same premise. It just doesn't use Veteran Explorer to do it. Yeah, which is probably for the best. Yes. Especially uh, with how many, like, it's crazy how basics are everywhere. Like, Blue Red Delver didn't keep basics, but, like, everybody else kept basics. Well, you have to when the best deck in the format and approximately 20 to 25% runs four Wastelands. Yeah, they run, yeah, they're a Wasteland deck. Not yeah. to mention all the other decks that run Wasteland. Yeah, like... Legacy I mean, has become a like a real basic heavy format. So just I mean, heck, just, just to drive the point home, this deck runs three wastelands. Yeah, this this uh, <laughs> this five color deck. Yeah, five color Yorion deck runs wasteland, which to be honest is a little ridiculous. Um, That's just such how good life in the loam is. Yeah. Um, third place, like we mentioned earlier, Arclight Phoenix. Uh, this is bringing in the new Ledger Shredder. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Ledger Shutter, Arclight Phoenix, and that ox that we couldn't think of the name of last week, uh, Ox of uh, Agonos. Agonis. Agonis, okay. whatever. Okay, Saffron Olive. These are all literally just made-up names. <laughs> that it means nothing to me that I can't pronounce them correctly the first time I see them. <laughs> I guess that's true. Or you could be like, uh, you could be like Zach and say uh, Tefri. Yeah. Zach from Eternal Dirtles always calls him Tefri. Yep. There's all kinds of stuff. Dude, this is going way back, and Derek will love this. There was a guy we played. Th- I mean, this was like back in high school. We went to a card shop, uh, fantasy games, to play in a Friday Night Magic, and he was playing Necropotence and he called it Necropotence. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you say that. <laughs> that may be a made-up word. That's not how you say that. Well, at least with Necropotence, there's like... Words that are very similar. There's well, necro is a like Latin necro base. is a yeah that's oh, a prefix or whatever. Yeah, be. and then uh, potence. I mean, you've got omnipotent mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like that's all. Like you just need to put those two words together. Necropotence. Guy. Necropotence. Well, I know how I'm <laughs> casting my necropotence for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> just I don't know why that popped into my yeah. head, but it did. Um, so, anywho, Arclight Phoenix. We've got Ledger Shredder, Arclight Phoenix, the Ox. Uh, then your standard blue sweet. Yeah. I mean, as far uh, as the Phoenix brainstorm. Deck, as far as the Phoenix decks go, this isn't anything. Yeah, Ledger Shredder is anything. the big pickup. Yeah, Ledger Shredder is the big pickup. Uh, just for well, we haven't really talked about Phoenix before on the podcast. That's true. Um, so the the gist of this deck is using uh, Dark Ritual and Buried Alive to put Phoenixes into your graveyard, mm-hmm. and then getting the trigger from your Phoenix by casting through more instant or sorceries yep. to swing out and go. Um, which, yeah, Dark Ritual Buried Alive makes it pretty easy. Yes. You're almost there. So then you just need to throw in a Brainstorm or a Ponder or something. Yeah. So so as, ir- as early as turn two without could, some and scary they, interruption. And just in case anybody doesn't know, Arclight Phoenix 3-2 Flying Haste. Yep. So like getting them out and swinging as early as yeah. turn and two the, is very possible. The, uh, the relevant text, it just the actual text is, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you've cast three or more instants or sorceries, and sorry, instance and sorceries, you put it back onto the field. Yeah, from the graveyard, yeah. yeah. And so you get to swing with it. So yeah, it's turn two, you know, play a land, dark writ, brainstorm, phoenix, or a buried alive, get your phoenixes back, swing for 12. Yep. Or not 12, nine. Nine. Which nine and, and nine. And they stay out, unlike a lot of a lot of yeah. these cards, you have to sacrifice them at the end of the turn, you no, don't you have to do them. that. So next turn, you now still have nine power yep. that's flying on and the board. In a, in a fetch land format, that's, uh, almost, that's almost a, game over. a two-turn clock. Yeah. 18 Realist- damage is usually lethal. Yeah, realistically, your opponents are going to fetch twice in a game. Yep. That's not uncommon at all. Or, you know, they fetch once and they have to force a will something. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, sideboard, fluster storms, meltdowns, pyroblast, REBs, 
uh, surgical extraction, brazen borrower, opposition agent, plague engineer, and court of ambition. There is one good thing about this deck showing up in the top eight. We've got another days deck here. Yay! The hashtag ban, uh, ban days train is going to be uh, loving this. Yeah, I'm not even necessarily on the ban oh, days not. train. I'm not on ban days, but I'm sure the people who are just going to be like, see, that's just more evidence. Yep. Yeah, days. I think days does create an interesting format with interesting decisions, unless you're playing against one mana, th like unless you're playing against eight one mana three threes and two mana eight eights. Well, the the problem is like days is now protecting every threat in their deck is game ending. Yeah. It didn't used to be that way. Be like, oh no, they dazed my, you know, whatever. Swords to plowshares, uh -huh. kill their Delver secrets. Now I take three more. Whoop de do. I I remember sitting in this chair and, and begging them to ban Delver because I hated a one mana three two, and now I'm so excited when they go turn one Delver. I'm like, oh thank God. Thank God it's only Delver. Only secrets. Delver. Yeah. Oh. Speaking, Speaking of, of Delver, uh, fourth place we've got blue red Delver. Uh, it's got a couple small changes. There's no Brazen Borrower in the main. That's normally the 13th creature. Uh, chain Lightning instead. Yep, we got a Chain Lightning, two Pyroblast in the main, Days, Expressive Iteration, Force Will, Mishra's Bobbles. Like, this is all stuff we've seen before. Yeah. Um, doesn't look like there's anything particularly exciting in the side. Uh, been a while since Price of Progress. I've seen it in the actual Delver sideboard. There's been, like, no Delver would run it because mm. the games go a little longer. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, price of progress has been a staple for forever in legacy. So it's not a surprise to see it, but it's just like, Oh cool. They're like, that's about as interesting of the spice we get with this kind of deck is like what yeah. they're tweaking their sideboards for. They're still running uh, the counterbalance. Yeah. So still they, got they the counterbalance. Longer game plan. Yep. And then another four or another three blasts in the side. Yeah. Five blasts total yeah. to be brought in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just put, them in, just put them in the main, guys. It's fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with this format, guys. Uh, fifth place, we've got Five Color Zenith. Again. Again. Um, a deck that, you know, by no means, like, disappeared, but we have not seen, like, very much, and there were three of them in the top eight this week. Yeah. I'm I'm always kind of curious how that happens. Like, if there's some meeting. It's got to be a Discord. Like, it's okay. got to be a Discord. Yeah, where they're just like, we're doing it this week, guys. Yeah. Taking it by storm. Yeah. Is well, can the Delver Discord do that like a month in a row and just like just be fifty percent of the meta? That a month would in a be row? nice if everyone just started queuing up with Blue Red Delver and they're just like, "Well, this is what we're doing now, guys." Just make Watsy recognize a problem. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, there's tons of there's so many one ofs in this deck. Yeah. I don't see anything special. Yeah, it doesn't they it don't it doesn't look fundamentally different than the other one. It almost might be the same list. Yeah, um, sixth place we've got Doomsday. Um, to see if there's anything here. We got our typical Thassa's Oracle, Grief, Street, Wraith. Uh, so every week we talk about, every couple weeks we talk about Doomsday. And always like, we try and say some stuff. We don't really play Doomsday. And I'm always like, oh, someone on, some Doomsday player is going to yell at us. And no one has yet. Yep. So we they're obviously. Too busy, they're too busy winning. That's true. They're too busy. They're too busy building piles and winning challenges. Yeah. And, and uh, leagues. But yeah, I don't see anything particularly new with this one nothing either. Nothing surprising. No. no nothing we I, haven't seen This before. obviously is, again, this is a specific build, uh, but I, I don't recognize it well enough. It'd be like asking me to look at an ant list. I know what ant looks like, and that's mostly what it looks like. So in seventh place, we've got a huge departure from the other one. This guy's running two brazen borrowers. Wow, what a pioneer. <laughs> and he's got a dead and gone in the main. You know what? I said earlier that we're not doing much innovation in this garbage time format. I was wrong. Clearly. This is an entire three-card difference. So uh, let's see. Anything in the side? He's got, you know, 
only a total of four blasts, red well, that's, blasts. Well, that's why that's why he's in what seventh instead yep. of instead of uh, what call it. Yep. He, he's in seventh instead of uh, third. You got a Narset Parter Veils in the side, Hydro Blast again. Not super uncommon, but you know, Hydro Blast and got, Blue Elemental. Yeah, blast. he's got two of the blue the blue blasts that count red spells. Yeah, um, both decent cards. I mean, red is everywhere too. It's I wouldn't. The thing is, the fact of the matter is, about half the deck is red. Well, no, it's I, that's true, but like, but and the, but, well, there's other things too. So, like, what I'm saying is, like, there's other red decks because you have like red prison yeah. and stuff like that. Red prison's huge, and then not that you necessarily would bring them in, but the fact of the matter is, they're not horrible cards. Against I mean, these. I would if you if you're looking at the deck above this is bringing in up to five pyroblasts. Yep. I'd bring in a few blue elemental blasts yeah. because that's. That's what pyroblast. Pyroblast is for Merktide. That's like I, I've heard. Delver, I've heard. I've, I haven't spoken. I've, I've heard. Yeah, I mean that's Delver the best way to kill it. That's what it's for. And so when you can go on turn four, Merktide, and they go pyroblast, and, and you, you go hydroblast, and then you shoot double fingers at them. Right, and you don't have to be pitching cards to force of will exactly. to protect your. Which you don't want to be force of willing in the Delver matchup. No. Yeah, I, I oh, that's it's, that's how inbred we are. Is we're starting to run blue elemental blast to help deal with the red elemental blasts right. and the other red decks. Yeah, which again, there was a ton of red prison last week. Yeah, so it doesn't surprise me to see these. But the thing you have to keep in mind there too is like red prison in particular. A lot of times they're going to be jamming that chalice of void on one, yep. and your hydroblast does that's, nothing against that. That's why I'm. I honestly think it's probably. It probably is one of those things where like it's very good against them, but it's also good against Delver. So yeah. it's okay. Well, to that's run. what I mean. That's what I was saying. Is yeah. like you can it, run it. It can't be just for them. It can't you. Those sideboard cards that can hit multiple matchups that yeah. are worth bringing in. Those are typically speaking the best ones, other yeah. than the ones that just like destroy a deck. Yeah. Like I say, we, I, we, you can't look at your sideboard and go, "I'm ready for the Chalice matchup." I had this one drop. Right. That. Yeah. That's, that's not how unless you're elves. <laughs> And then Salasaur yes. Shepherd. <laughs> there is one, literally one exception to that rule. Uh, that was my. F- I don't care. Force of Will doesn't bother me when I'm playing elves. Being able to deal with a turn one chalice with mm-hmm. elves with Alasaur Shepherd is just the most satisfying thing in the world. Because the funny thing is, is especially when it first came out, what would happen is I would play people and then they'd go to say something about it and then they just read the card and they're like, oh, because it can't be countered as well. Yep. So you just play it right into their chalice and then you just keep on playing. That's probably, that is probably the most egregious part of that card. The, the sliver text. <laughs> not only can you not counter my other spells, you, you can't, can't counter, counter this, this one, one either. either. This is going to resolve yep. and you're going to deal with yep. it, you filthy blue players. <laughs> <laughs> Those chalice, nobody, no blue player plays chalice. That's not true. What blue deck plays Chalice? Uh, I'm sure some does, but what what blue deck that's more than five percent plays Chalice? Eight cast. <laughs> what was it? What was in eighth place? <laughs> in eighth place, we've got another five color Zenith deck, just yeah. to kind of drive home how inbred this meta is. Yeah, this is really again. And this is this is this is not standard to see this much of Zenith, but like this is a really uninteresting. Yeah. Top eight. Well, and. What Man, we keep, last week was so fun. What we keep vacillating between our dominant weeks with Delver and then the next couple weeks are, it's not like a wide open field, it's decks that beat Delver. Yeah. And the decks that beat Delver, which there are a couple of them, we've never denied that. There's, they kind of like, like last week it was Red Prison, mm-hmm. which was holding it down. These uh, Zenith decks are probably great against Delver. If you can survive, like if you're careful about your lands 
initially yeah. and you don't walk into like getting your first land wastelanded and then you're just screwed, this is exactly the kind of deck that beats Delver. Yeah. Or so. if you yeah, eat a wastelander too, but you can still cast that loam. Right. You can like, just catch up you immediately. Have to, you have to, like, this is one of those things you got to be careful with because you're playing a five-color deck. But like I said, it doesn't tax your mana that much because they're running wastelands themselves. Yeah. Three of them. It's not like they have just one in there so Clearly. they can get lucky with life from the loam. Clearly doable. And I'm, I guarantee you there's been plenty of games where this five-color deck, deck has wastelanded out Blue Red Delver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, that's our top eight. So we got eight cast, Zenith, Phoenix, Delver, Zenith, Doomsday, Delver, Zenith. Rough. Such diversity. Much Delver. Hey, I have been informed by Watsy personally that Legacy is fine. It is in a health and meta, meta and all of the uh, macro archetypes are represented appropriately. Yeah, especially aggro, parentheses, yep. blue-red Delver. Uh, also, ninth and 10th were blue-red Delver as well. Yep. So And resource denial, like blue-red Delver. Yeah. Uh, metagame summary, 25%. And eight, tempo. Eight like, of the top 32, uh, blue-red Delver. And that was the same on uh, Saturday, wasn't same it? Same on Saturday as well. Yeah. Um, hey, remind me, why did we ban Winota? What was its meta share when we approximately banned Approximately 15%. When we banned Sensei's Divining Top, what was the meta share of uh, Top Miracles, roughly? Uh, I think it was about 12. Oh. Uh, we, when we banned DR, or, uh, Deathrite Shaman, what was Grixis? Approximately 12. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, on an unrelated note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Other was the next best, biggest category, like yep. we've talked about multiple times. This is just decks that uh, MTG Goldfish doesn't categorize very well. Um, so, there could be a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, I see. I see like three or four immediate like mono reds. So probably those red prison decks. Yep. There was a a Death Shadow deck. It's put in here as a Grixis Tempo, uh, Death Ooh. Shadow Delver and Street Wraith. I will correct myself. Twelfth um, place wasn't. Uh, it was a mono red Ruby Storm list. Oh, cool. Um, and we've got Blue Zenith with three. I don't know if they're categorizing that correctly. That might be the five color Zenith they're talking about. Whatever. It's not terribly yeah, important. Yeah, because five color Zenith has three in the top eight. Yeah. But it doesn't. I don't see it anywhere else. Oh, okay. You know, you're right. I don't see it. In the, yeah. I don't see it in the top thirty-two. So, <laughs> that's one of those things. Like that's that should be also a huge metric for how crazy good a deck is or how strong it is right now. When you see like, oh, how many made it in the top thirty-two? Oh, three of them. Well, where are they? In the top eight. Yeah, they're in second, fifth, and eighth. Yeah, they made the top eight and they swept the top eight, or they swept the. They sorry, they made it to the. They made it and they swept into the cut. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got eight cast with two decks, elves with two decks. And then a bunch of one-ofs, Phoenix, Doomsday, Stoneblade, stuff like that. Um, most played cards is going to sound very familiar to everybody. Brainstorm, Force of Will, Ponder, Express of Iteration, Pyro, Pyroblast, uh, Force of Will and Brainstorm, 66%. Um, top creatures, again, same thing. DRC, Delver, Merktide, Uro, that's the Zenith lists. Yep. And then Brazen Borrower. And top spells, same thing. Brainstorm, Force of Will, Ponder, Express of Iteration, and Pyroblast. Hmm. That's how Legacy looked this weekend. And Saturday didn't look very, like, wildly different. So, moving over to Modern, then. Modern hasn't been looking great either. So, like, Modern has never been, like, Modern hasn't been bad, in my opinion, for a long time. If you don't mind playing a format that rotates. If you don't mind just buying the MH2 stuff when it comes out. Yeah. Like, but the format's been pretty good and uh, rotating heavily, not rotation in terms of them printing new cards but decks rotating in and out diversity whatnot like it's slowly 
it, it's slowly getting kind of stale. I think like I haven't been super excited to play modern a whole lot lately. Uh, it feels like you're gonna play, you're gonna be playing a lot of Merktide and then four color money pile and some other things too, but mostly those. So first place, uh, O O Daniel Akos brought a home with Merktide Regent. So this is your Is It deck. This is blue red Delver in like era and modern, but instead of running a shitty card like Delver, you get to run a cool card like Ragavan, Nimble Pilfer. <laughs> right. Uh, but beyond that, like you have 12 creatures, you have literally the same 12 creatures except for Delver, and then your spells are the exact same spells, just worse versions. So consider Spell Pierce, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, Counterspell, stuff like that. Once again, I don't, and like I don't know if, like I don't think Modern is necessarily in garbage time. I wouldn't consider Modern remotely as bad as Legacy, but we just haven't seen anything interesting going on in Modern in a while. And case in point, I don't see anything in this deck that's like not expected or yep. even remotely new or any even no like there's no i don't see any innovation in there at all so second place let me get this loaded up here we've got what's red green again uh gruel, gruel. so we've got gruel prime time which is that's the usual color combination isn't it why isn't this labeled prime time i just realized that like i was trying to think of like why is this called gruel prime time but this is this is prime time yeah i mean it's a scape shift list maybe that's why they're not calling maybe it's because it, maybe, yeah, it's, maybe it's it's got wish in the main board got and you, two scape ships in the side. Because I was looking at the creatures, because like for creatures, you've got Dryad and Primeval Titan. Um, I guess, do we have Bounce Lands? Yeah, we don't have Bounce Lands either. So yeah, this is, this is, um, man, I'm, I feel bad. Uh, Emperor's pulling his hair out. It's scape shift. Yeah, this is scape shift. This isn't, I saw Ren and Six in Primetime and Dryad, and I was like, this is just Dryad. But it's not. So scape shift list, uh, we do have, so I guess you have the Secure Tribe Elder. You've got Explorers and Search for Tomorrow, which Search for Tomorrow is interesting. Is a it's a it's an EDH staple, but I, you never, almost never see it in Art modern. Is so good on turn one, it is, and then it's bonkers. so mediocre anytime it's, after that. It's really good on turn. It's the best card on turn one almost. It's decent on turn two if you have another one drop, and then after that, it's like just worse than Cultivate or yeah. any of them, any of the three manas. Nice thing is it does put the land into play untapped. Yes, which is very relevant. Oh. So then you got your scape shift. Are all the scape shifts in the side? Looks like it, yeah. So this is this is we're gonna be wishing obviously you have an entire wish board. So you have things like endurance or veil or valakut. You can get a val- a chalice. But then you're wishing to win the game with a scape shift, sacking all your lands, and then getting a valakut or a couple valakuts and a all of the dual lands that are mountains. All the, I mean, even the ones that like sheltered thicket that come into play tapped. But yeah, it's technically a mountain. Thunder glade. Yep. Nothing particularly spicy. A, a somewhat spicy list. We don't see the. I haven't seen this version of scape shift where it's all on the side. This wish. This we'll call it what wish shift. Yeah, wish shift. Wish shift. But uh, a known and powerful strategy. Just a little tweaked to work out of the sideboard and make use of that powerful three mana card uh, wish. Which does make sense if you're going to be doing some heavy ramping. Just get full access to your entire sideboard to either win the game or answer whatever problem is uh, holding you back. Third place, a list we haven't seen as regularly, but definitely has been there, especially in the larger tournaments we've seen. We've got Grixis Shadow coming back. Mm-hmm. So Gigantha list, you've got Death Shadow, DRC, Ragavan, Kroxa, the four Ledger Shredders, probably the actually probably the only like new pickup for these decks. Yeah. The spell suite is pretty much the same. I think we've gone down on spells a little bit to um, accommodate the shred the shredder. Accommodate the shredders. Yeah. What do we lose? 
I just forgot. What do we lose in? Uh, well, that used to run more fatal pushes for sure, and more lightning bolts. I think. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Of, I don't know. I was like, what do they lose? Those are the two they, big ones. They lost Luris. They didn't lose any of the main deck. They yeah. lost Luris. Yeah. So the main deck, we just yeah, we we go down a little bit on spells to make room for the Ledger Shredder. But Ledger Shredders for a deck like this is probably just insanely good, especially with the ability to ditch those Croxas, um, to dig through your deck to get to your Death Shadows or your DRCs, and then obviously. Ledger Shredder just being a big threat is pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, you've got your... So we got 18 spells, but Matt went through them pretty much. The four bobbles. Sideboard looks pretty much the same. Kaido Shizuki is a slightly new pickup, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a one of. It's not a huge addition to the deck. So, again, not seeing a whole lot of innovation. So we do have this Prison Tron in fourth, and I was talking... I shouldn't talk. I was reading the post that emperor put up and he was talking about because he's a little more first and all this stuff how prison tron is a little bit more of a rare variation of prison tron or of tron and so definitely don't see it nearly as often mono green is like the de facto i think yeah but this is almost the same list we saw last week with four karns four ballistas four spell skites and then just tons of artifacts obviously you're casting colorless stuff but you're using that karn to um wish for a i guess not i was gonna say what's the what's it called i can't find it but what's the mycosynth lattice yeah so there's no uh, mycosynth lattice well, i think lattice is banned in modern if i remember correctly did they ban yeah as far as i know i thought we saw it last week no it was some it was something else oh yeah well yeah check that out because i i don't know why i thought i thought mycosynth lattice was legal in modern but uh, Emperor was talking about how it's relatively easy to lock the game out with things like Ensnaring Bridge and things like um, Liquid Metal Coating to and Mystic Forge to just kind of to and Sundering Titan just to move through your deck and be able to answer lock the game down and then win with a giant walking blister that you're either making huge and killing them with or pumping up and then removing counters yeah. from. Yeah, with with uh, the Tron lands out walking yep. ballista it becomes a, a very real problem. Yep, that four mana is very doable. But beyond that, this this deck does look pretty similar to last week. While you're looking that up, I'll move on. Oh, yeah, it's banned. Okay, so just a quick brain fart on my end. So fifth and sixth place are both four-color blink lists. We'll start in fifth place, take a look at it. This is your 18-creature list uh, with Emmercruel in the main. So we're trimmed down on the... Man, I, my brain doesn't work today. What's the elemental map? The Risen Reef. The Risen Reef. So we yeah. trimmed down the Risen Reefs. Uh, but we do... This is that like that middle ground, which is kind of interesting. So usually we have... With the Risen Reefs, and we're sitting between 20 and 22 creatures, or we have, like, 14 creatures. This looks like the list that literally just trimmed the Risen Reefs and kept pretty much everything else. Eight Planeswalkers, all the removal spells and the Eldamri's Calls, uh, no FM rates, for what it's worth. So, still your five-color money pile, still a $2,000 modern deck, and an 1,100 ticket deck, too. It still costs over 1,000 tickets to play this. And then in sixth place... We have a 16 creature list. So, again, closer to that like 12 to 16 creatures, 14 to 16 creatures that we're used to seeing is like the delineation between these two. So, we do have the Ephemerates, we do have the Eldamri's Calls, but we still don't have any Risen Reefs. We have a few less creatures in general. I think the other list is running Ragavan actually, and this one's not. But right, yeah. other than that, most of it's the same. Um, nothing in here that's special or unheard of or nothing that we're not accustomed to seeing. And then seventh place something we do not see nearly often enough anymore boros burn making a comeback i believe we saw a fair bit of boros burn in like the last 5k we saw for modern like burn came yeah. in and did a really good job but we never see it in challenges uh, which is really depressing 
So Boros Burn, you've got the 12 creatures, Goblin Guide, Swift Spear, Eidolon. I mean, that Swift Spear is a good creature. It sure is. Yeah, that. I think game two, you got two of them down. Yeah. Well, game two, my game plan against you in Pioneer was like, I'm like, if I keep playing these one-to-one, he can just keep answering them. So I'm like, I need to keep a hand that has a couple threats. Because yeah. at game two, if I remember correctly, I had to mold a five. Yeah, you did. I'm, <laughs> I pulled the five. I was on the draw. <laughs> I'm yep. like, ugh. But uh, managed to stick two Swift Spears and hit you a couple times. And you ended up still winning that game. Yeah. But it uh, it was a close game. I saw it. And it was, if you had kept probably two more creatures in your opening hand, yeah. I might have lost that game. Yep. Because I ended up, we got to where we were top decking for a lot of turns in a row. Yeah. Anyway, uh, your typical 28 spells you see here, nothing in here is out of place nope. or interesting. Other than, I love Boros Burn. I'm not trying to shit on Burn, but nothing here is. I'm, all the Burn spells they printed five to ten years ago that are good and older than that. And lastly, wrapping it up, eighth place, we have another four-color money pile. Only $1,800 this time. So still at that 16 creatures, eight planeswalkers, almost the exact same spell suite, uh, almost the exact same deck. So I wonder if these decks are like honing in on that, like where we used to see like 14, 15 or 20, 21. Now we're honing into that, like maybe 17 is the right number between mm-hmm. maybe between like 15 and 18 is the right number. And that's where we're, we are perfecting ourselves into. Yep. Just takes a while to kind of dial it in. Yes. To, yeah. Once you get like trying to eke out the last like 5% of a deck takes years. Yeah. So we're the metagame... all going to suffer <laughs> until that happens. Yes, we are. So metagame summary. Four-color blink slash money pile, 18.75% with six decks. Hey, Matt, what got Grixis uh, Death Rush Shaman banned? Uh, about 12 to 13%. Why did they ban Winota and Pioneer? What it was, was that about 15 as well. Yeah. And it wasn't, what was the other one? Sensei's Divining Top. That was a little higher, wasn't it? Uh, it was about 12, yeah. Oh, okay. To be fair, well, let's see. Uh, so if we're going on MTG Goldfish's category, categor- uh-huh. categorization of the metagame, Elementals has six and a half, and Blink has four point eight. So we're right at that, like eleven to twelve. Yeah. Well, that doesn't. <laughs> so, get like, it. as a whole, they're yeah. not quite there. They're not quite there. Um, but I mean, that's kind of funny because they'll never, they'll never consider those decks as like as one. They'll keep those numbers separate. But when they do a banning in like Pioneer, when they ban Expressive Iteration, it's because all of the it decks make up such a high percentage, even yeah. though there's like four. Obs- there's every single is it deck in pioneer of the three or four main archetypes of is it are infinitely more diverse than these four color blink decks right but anyway uh six six blink decks for around 19 percent. prison tron actually nine percent this week so this like hidden tech of tron is really sweeping the format right now mm-hmm. and then also nine percent of burn there we De- go yeah death shadow uh is it control hammer time and crashing footfalls coming in with six percent just two decks no elves or infinity format literally unplayable <laughs> well i was gonna say don't worry you can play pioneer but there's also no elves or affinity in that format yep the only format where you can play affinity and elves is legacy and and it's also unplayable m- basic <laughs> also I wouldn't say unplayable. it's unplayable like the funny thing is if you like elves or eight cast it's probably a pretty decent yeah. format if because you have a reasonable matchup against Delver. But, yeah, still not great. So, most played cards. We've got Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Counterspell, Solitude, Prismatic Ending, and Top Creatures, Solitude, Omnath, Ragavan, Endurance, Fury, and MH2 Tribal. Oh, I guess Omnath was, you know, not MH2. 
and top spells. Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Counterspell, Prismatic Ending, and Teferi. Interestingly enough about Omnath, like, it's very clear Omnath was meant to be an EDH card. And if it had been printed in the EDH set like it was supposed to, it wouldn't be all over yep. these fucking four-color piles. Yeah. I wonder how much weaker the four-color pile would be if it didn't have that four-color top end like that to draw cards, make to- make tons of mana, gain tons of life. Interesting. Interesting little thought experiment. I kind of feel bad. We're, like, chugging through these challenges super quick. They're just full of uninteresting decks this week. Well, not even... They're full of the same deck. Yeah, that's yeah. Also, we have like yeah, this, like this one has three blink three decks blinks. in it. The other one had three zenith lists. Yeah, the yeah, other like a lot of repetition this yeah. week. So. Legacy had three zenith and two yeah. delvers in the top eight. Definitely going to be a shorter episode this week, guys. And sorry about that, but you know, every week can't be like. I guess every week can't be like last week where we just have amazing metas to talk about. So. Uh, we're moving into our topic today. This is the first time we get to do a Force the Issue, where uh, on our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel, one of the tiers allows you to do a thing called Force the Issue, which means you get to send a message to me or Matt, and you can tell us uh, within reason to talk about anything. And you can have like some interesting- Anything magic related. Yes. Uh, yeah. So within reason, anything yeah, magic related, or like um, if there's like a cool tournament you saw or went to and wanted to just talk about, or if there's a cool deck that's been making a thing, or in this example, maybe a deck you're brewing up and you want to get some feedback on it. So our newest patron, Mono Wolf, took immediate value, or took um, immediately used that opportunity to send us his deck list for Popper. Now we don't we don't discuss Popper as often, but if you are a longtime listener, you know that we both love Popper. I mean, I own probably four or five Popper decks. Matt's got probably three or four, including Foil Elves. Uh, I've got Foil Elves, and then I have almost the entire rest of the format between being having it put together or in binders. Gotcha. So you yeah, and uh, we definitely have the Popper uh, podcast. That would definitely be something more family gathering in terms of like a dedicated Popper podcast. But we are certainly Popper aficionados. And we were super excited to dig into this. We do have a lot to say about it. Yep. So. And if anybody's interested, we can, we'll get, we'll link the, we've got his deck list. I will double check with him to make sure he wants yeah. the deck list public. Uh, if he's okay with it being public, I can link it. Well, I, we're I, about to talk about it. <laughs> it's I guess about that's to be true. public. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I'm sorry, Mono Wolf. I'll be putting a link to the <laughs> mox field for this in the, in the comments if you want to take a peek at it. So Mono Wolf has brewed up a wolf stompy deck and so it's it's based around a very simple concept cast relatively efficient wolves and make them bigger with pump spells giant gross essentially um the current list we're looking at has 14 creatures has uh would that be that's 12 15 uh 15 21 spells and then 25 lands so we so what do you think about this well the first thing we want to bring up before we get started about anything, it looks like this was what Midnight Hunt and what's the other one? Crimson Vow. Crimson Vow. This looks the list he sent us. It looks like, uh, I said it looks like mo- it literally every card in yeah. this list was printed in either Crimson Hunt, sorry, Crimson Vow or Midnight Hunt. Yeah. So, uh, it probably wasn't built taking into consideration the entirety of the popper format. Yes. But that's why he gave it to us because we now, will do that. He has said this has been this has showing good results. Yeah. So in his in his. Uh, wherever he plays, he's getting good results from it. Yes. At least it's curving out well, it's playing well. But I think you're leaving a lot of power on the table when you uh, when you move past all of the wolves and pump spells we have access to in, in Popper. Yep. Because I mean, people I'm, people may not realize, and I know I didn't at the beginning. Popper 
is almost vintage in terms of the scope of card legal yep. because it's every card it's probably closer it's to legacy basically every common every, every common ever been... printed with a with a handful of exceptions and yeah. so you have a huge borderline intimidating card pool to pull from yep and uh, if you if you're working on a list like this say you wanted to build a a wolf tribal list uh, you can do exactly what we did when mm-hmm. we went to scryfall.com and you can do the advanced search, and you can search for wolves, make them whatever color you want. Mm-hmm. We're going to stick with mono green because that's yeah. the list he gave you us. Can, you can, and you can filter. S- but... You can select by pauper legality. Yes. So you can only see the wolves that are legal in pauper. That's actually how I built my uh, pioneer. I built my goblin deck. Yeah. I was like, what? I just want to see every single. I, re- I read through every single pioneer legal goblin and picked the best ones. Yep. And the other thing I want to put a caveat here is, anytime you build a tribal deck. This is what I say with anybody, and this is someone who I play almost exclusively tribal decks. Mm-hmm. Um, you are leaving essentially not money, but for lack of a better word, money, money or power, however you want to talk about that. You're leaving it on the table when you are playing worse cards because they're wolves as opposed to just better cards because yes. the tribe doesn't matter. Now, what you're looking for and what you're hoping for in that is you're picking up synergies. Mm-hmm. So, like, elves in particular, you get a bunch of elf, like, it's, yep. like even especially in pauper elves, there's actually quite a few. Yeah. Uh, because you don't, you're not running, like, Craterhoof and Natural Order and whatnot. You actually have to kill them with the yep. elves. So there's a lot of elf synergy there. You're, you're looking for cards that, you know, pick your tribal, we'll say elf. Cards that say when an elf enters or when you play an elf or for each elf or yeah. target elf. All elves get all elves stuff like get. that. Yeah. Now, that's one of the things in pauper, though. A lot of those effects, the Lord effects, are uncommon or rares. Mm-hmm. Um, and with wolves in particular, there's not a ton of wolves, and there's not a ton of wolf tribal cards. So, so you are limiting yourself by Popper, and then you're limiting yourself again by choosing wolves. Yeah. Now, that being said, that isn't a bad thing. No. You no, can totally build a super cool, awesome wolf 100%, deck. and that's what we're going to do. Yes. But we want to go in this w- with our eyes open. Yes. Like, this deck is it's inherently limited by the constraints of, like... The wolf tribal. This is tangential, but it's kind of like we talked about uh, many, many moons ago. But when you're building an EDH deck, one of the things you have to realize is the the peak power of your EDH deck is determined when you pick your commander. Yep. So there are some commanders that are never going to be a competitive CDH commander or even close. Yeah. And there are some commanders that could be, you could easily take them there or not. And so when you are deciding how you want to build your deck, when you choose to build wolf tribal, you have chosen a lower ceiling for your deck. Correct. That's fine, but just recognize you have. And given the fact that his username is Monowolf, I don't think he cares. Nope. It sounds like he just likes wolves, which makes sense because wolves I mean, are awesome. I get right behind it. I literally built Mentor in Pioneer because I want to play Mentor. Yep. I don't care if the deck is dog crap. I just want to play Mentor. Yep. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge... Like, I've got, I think, 12 EDH decks. I think seven or eight of them are <laughs> just different <laughs> tribes. Yep. So, uh, including Merfolk, and that deck's garbage. Yes. I once had a dwarf vehicle deck. Yeah, I love to, dwarf vehicles. <laughs> that deck was ridiculous. I want you to rebuild that. I love playing against that. <laughs> well, the cool thing is... Uh, to rebuild it would only cost me about 10 bucks because I just got to sleeve it up again. Like the cards are in no other decks. Yeah, they <laughs> so already have them. I just took it apart because I was like, Ugh, I don't really enjoy playing this. Yeah. Everyone else seems to like I like it when I play it, but it's I want to be doing It's fun to watch it do yeah, things. It's like I'm going to crew this vehicle with this dwarf and I'm going to use this vehicle to, to crew, crew this vehicle. Yeah. So I've got a train inside yeah. an airship. Yeah. Don't, don't mind when I put my train in a boat in a plane. Yeah, and then there's just a dwarf that's got the steering wheel of <laughs> the boat <laughs> yes 
Okay. So, so what I want to do with this is yeah. let's first take a look at this list and we'll make some recommendations how we would change this list. And then I want to look at a more traditional wolf list and maybe get a better scope of what our yeah, options well, are. We can expand it out into kind of yeah. all of Popper Wolves. And uh, I'll probably actually go ahead and just put a list together of how I would build this and well, just link it. That'd be great. Yeah. So he can have a full list of how I would build it. Uh, and then I can we can also do recommendations like if you're dipping your toe into like competitive popper, yeah, where you should go from there if you like this list. So the first thing I would do with this list is I would free up uh, four to five slots just in lands. Yeah, I honestly think twenty five lands, twenty five lands immediately is probably too high, especially when you're running mulch. Yeah. So this list is running a full, or sorry, full. It was running three mulches, which is a great way to fuel your hand, fill your hand back up with lands, and that's what you're looking for. And I get why, because we do have some higher cost cards, and the best turns with this deck are going to be when we cast like four spells in a turn. Yeah. Where we 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 attack with three elves, one of them gets wolves. through. Yeah. Sorry, elves. Yeah, wolf, three wolves, one gets through, and we pump, pump, pump. So I get the idea that this, this deck is going to have stuff to do with mana. Not to mention several of these wolves have, like, really good activated abilities, including, like, one of them. We even have, like, some good fire-breathing elves, essentially. Or wolves. Sorry, Mono Wolf. <laughs> How you about building elves? Elves is a lot of fun. The but funny yeah. thing is we both play Popper Elves. I love Popper Elves. It's so much fun. I, 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 I might... So Matt has a foil list, which means he has a non-foil list, and I... I don't think I ever bought it, but I basically have it set aside. I'm going to buy it from him one day. Yeah. I want to buy his non-foil list. So the first thing I would do is I would trim out between four and five lands, jump down to uh, 20 to 21. Yeah. And, you know, you can say, where am I pulling that number from? Let's If you've built a dozen popper decks, you can know how many lands a deck wants. Ballpark it, yeah. Well, but if you don't. So, for example, I don't brew a lot of decks from scratch. And so what I do when I want to figure out how many lands to run, because it's so ambiguous. Do I run 18? Do I run 25? Do I run 21? I will Google and look at some established decks that do a similar thing, make dudes and beat face, and how many lands are they running? And so I'm seeing anywhere from 20 to 22. So we'll say 21 right in the middle, so that frees up four slots to do some stuff with. Uh, honestly, I don't think mulch is where you want to be in this list. Um, the Where I would go with, if you want to keep the mulch thing, is run Winding Way instead. So I was looking for room for that, yeah. You... I, that's why I was I was trying I was trying to figure out how much room we have in the deck. But yeah, if you want to, like the first thing you can do is you can pull four lands out and put th uh, four winding ways in yes. immediately. And then what's the lead lead the stampede There's is the same thing? Yes. Now what you do have to be careful with is both of those hit only creatures, and he doesn't currently have a ton of creatures in the deck. Yes. So you you want to you're going to be bottoming a lot of your like your pump spells. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how many of those you want. Obviously, you're we're probably going to have to. Tr give you're probably going to want at least 20 creatures in a wolf deck like this mm -hmm. um i mean these they're all ballpark numbers uh so you, we're going to have to cut probably on the more expensive pump spells mm -hmm. realistically that's kind of where i would start um but i i really like having either winding way or or winding way or lead the stampede uh being able to pay two and draw four is nuts uh yeah yeah two mana yeah um now again I run it in elves. It, doesn't Winding Way let you search for lands also though? Yeah, that's the thing. Like Winding Way, in my opinion, is just a better mulch. It's a better mulch. So you could, yeah, you could replace those mulches with Winding Ways immediately. Yes. That way, if you need the lands, you can go get them. If you need the creatures, you can go get them. Correct. And this is a, the only thing I guess Winding Way doesn't fill your graveyard. We don't really have any graveyard synergies right now, so that's not something we're really worried about. Winding Way does. 
It, they all it's a, it's straight. Oh, it's mold. still graveyards. Yep, of them? You pick oh, well, either you land go. or creature, and the you get all the ones you pick, and everything else mm-hmm. goes into the uh, into the graveyard. So yeah, it's Winding Way is very good card. Uh, and if you wanted to keep this deck as close as possible to its original list, that would be my first upgrade: is cut some lands and then re- probably cut some lands, put in a few more wolves, and then replace the mulch with Winding Way. So looking at this list of um, so yeah, we, we have 14 wolves. Let's let's find, and that's going to be something that like I'm not going to go through and look at every single wolf printed or even recently printed. If you're if you're trying to keep the more recent cards, um, you know, hit, hit Scryfall, hit your binder, see what some wolves you have access to. Try and bump that get creature count to. I mean, I think my goblin deck runs like 25 goblins. Yeah. Because it's it's a similar. It's not a pump deck, but it's like a. It's a creature centered deck, and so you need to have a lot of creatures. You yep. want to be you want to be going turn. Well, let's say turn two creature, turn three creature, turn four creature creature. Yep. And the big thing to keep in mind as well is these pump spells are also just literally dead in your hand if you don't have any yes. creatures. Uh, that was actually not that there was a problem with the deck, but that's actually how I lost game yep. two against you. As I died with seven cards in my yep. hand and. Every single one of them was a pump spell for a creature. Uh, we you were in the spot where you were pumping my creatures. Just to cycle cards. To cycle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, it doesn't, like, Defiant Strike is meaningless if I don't have a card. Yep. Yeah. And that's or a lot a of creature these. creature to, like. A lot of these just don't do anything. Yeah. So something else. So once you get those creatures up to, again, aim for that, 17 to 20. Favoring 20, probably. Yeah. So we're going to cut some of these pump spells probably. I would make some adjustments in these pump spells and you can even there's definitely some recent uh, some recent additions you can make instead of these. I would look at things like uh Ranger's Guile or uh Tamio Safekeeping. So these are going to be uh pump plus. Mm-hmm. So pump plus protection of some kind or hexproof and something. I don't know if Tamio Safekeeping gives a plus one plus one counter, but like Ranger's Guile gives hexproof and a plus one plus one counter. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, just it is kind of just raw worse than Witch's Web, where it gets plus three, plus three, and reach until the end of turn and untap it, or something like Wolf Strike, where you've got man, that's boy, he is going hard on wolves. <laughs> you know, gets plus two, plus zero, oh, and if it's night, it does more stuff. Yep, like it's definitely a little worse, but it's also one mana, so you're lowering your curve quite a bit. Which, if you're going to be lowering your land count, lowering your curve is almost always the right decision. Uh, and you're going to be getting some real protection. So that when you do have your wolves and you've got some good wolves out there that you, you've invested mana in, you've you've got a good flow going, you can protect them because this deck is going to be very blowout potential high. Right? A lot of potential for being blown out where mm-hmm. you go to you go to combat, you put two pump spells on it, and they go, yeah, cool. Uh, what's the... Snuff out. Snuff out. Kill it. Yeah. So, so a couple one mana safety spells means that your opponent can never really commit to something when you have a mana up. And that's what happened to me yesterday. I was playing against Matt. Matt basically plays a deck like this where he sensed he tries to get out a creature or two and just kill me with it with pumps. Um, but every time, because Matt's a very good player, he's always at least bluffing one mana up. He never taps out because you can't. Yep. Because once you've dedicated many many resources into one card even if i've lost five life to it but i can then kill it i consider that like a one for four. Oh yeah for I've sure killed the creature and i've killed the two cards you've put into it mm-hmm. that's awesome one for three so keep that in mind maybe some of these more expensive stuff like uh bramble armor is okay but maybe some of these enchantments that uh again are very high blow up potential i might replace those with some good protection spells like ranger's guile like tamio safekeeping there's another one i can't think of but it's the same thing where it's one mana I think there's one of them where it's like it's gets it's one mana and it gets either plus one plus one counter or death touch, mm-hmm. which could be really good for some cheeky stuff. Yep. 
Uh, so that's that's some additions I would make to this standing list also. I would rearrange this spell suite a little bit and get some more um, protection-oriented spells. Yeah. Uh, is giant growth legal? Yeah. Yep. So giant growth, uh, but I guess massive might does give you trample. Yeah. And that's that's very relevant. I was yeah. thinking about like giant growth just a better massive that's, might. That's it, at least a trade off there. That's a that's a that, there's an argument there for sure for, for both of those. Yeah. And so I definitely agree with that. And so I'll tell you how I would make that make that distinction on do I run massive might or giant or giant growth? Are you going to be committing to a board full of one or two creatures or a board full of four creatures? Right. Because that's a huge difference. If you're going to be and I'm. In my opinion, I would push this deck towards a deck that attacks with four creatures at a time or three at a time. And in that case, I think giant growth is just better because you just, well, you just pick the one that's unblocked, unblocked and it does more damage. And you're just forcing through as much damage as possible. Uh, one of the things to note about giant growth, and this is going to be very relevant in Popper, is it's basically a counterspell for lightning bolt. Oh, that's true. And this uh, massive might isn't. Yep. If you have a one one, it does not it does not save from lightning yep. bolt. Um, as far as utility lands go, I. Don't there's not a ton there. In, probably, is there some cycling lands? Maybe do you, you do on cycling can, lands in these mono um, decks? I typically speaking don't because I I would personally have rather have uh, so lands un, that just come into play untapped, untapped good mana. Yes. Like if I was going to start, I would start with probably twenty forests, mm -hmm. approximately twenty to twenty five creatures, and fill the rest with like efficient pump spells. Yep. Um, do you think you would? Would you run the Ash Barons or whatever, the ones that cycle for a land to deck thin and shuffle? I don't. I wouldn't. Uh, in general, deck the thing is, it's it matters, mm -hmm. but it matters so little that I would rather still have the land come into play and tapped and not have to like pay for it and everything. Gotcha. Um, well, like, the, the do you know what Ash Barons does? Yeah, you cycle for a basic land and put it in your hand. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, it's got basic land cycling. Yeah, it, is, it doesn't come to play tapped. It just taps for a colorless. Yeah. But it's that 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 is it, just still too slow for you to be interested in it. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of green pips in here. I I don't know. Like Ash Barons probably wouldn't be horrible in this deck. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, if you bumped into a second color, it's a must. Yeah, include. second color it becomes a lot better. And um, I have it's fun. I have noticed. So with Pioneer, I have um, one of the things. One of the things I have done, and DC has helped. Uh, but I have I I think cultivated and pulled in a lot of people that did not play sixty card formats, mm -hmm. and a lot of them. And it's just out. several of them started with monocolor decks and like two weeks later are like, I should add red to this. I should add blue to this. You bump into that second color. So there's obviously tons of great things you get from a monocolor deck. A, a, you know, incredible the, mana ability. Yeah, I was going to say stability. the biggest one is just consistency. Super consistent, stability. You'll never have a hard time casting your spells. Very easy to build mana bases. Play it a little bit and then I would, I would look at branching into... A separate color and just see what it looks like. You know, branching into black to get some really good removal spells or maybe some menacey type stuff. Branching into blue to maybe get some counter magic or some bounce to help clear the way. Bouncing into white to I don't even know. Like it's it's it is amazing how much more a deck can do with its second color. And honestly, I think the second color is pretty close to free in terms of uh, playability. Yeah, your third color. It's very different. Yeah, three colors is hard and usually expensive in terms of mana bases. Popper is a little different, but what instead of expensive, it's going to be slow. Yeah, but a second color is relatively free, and so I would I would play around with like what colors can I add to this to get some different effects, whether it be killing things, countering things, protecting things. I know white has some also some great protection spells. I lost to them last night. Yep. So I also consider that I would get this deck tuned and how you like it. Make sure you get to a place where you're happy with it. 
played a little bit and then start thinking about like where's the weaknesses what am i losing to and it's am i losing to a single six six that gets resolved well snuff out handles that really well right just get some swamps and we're good for that well and 20 bucks a piece whatever they are oh, they're, they're like five or six. Oh, I think it's, were... it's like 20 bucks for a play set oh okay, okay. but when so you're you talking go. about popper yeah, it's that's expensive, yeah but like half the cost of most people's something text. that i would um i would look at you know and that's exactly what i did with uh my goblins deck I didn't branch into a different color, but I changed a lot of the goblins and a lot of the build of it because I just what am I keep what do I keep stonewalling against, and I need to find solutions to that. Is there anything else a key kind of, without going through every card what we change? Is there anything else you've seen here that you like overarching ideas you change before we move into a more traditional list that maybe we could uh, look at? No, I think that that's the the big themes of the yeah. deck change. So yeah. the reason I want to do it this way is um, I I have. Because I have a podcast, and because I play competitive Magic, and I'm I am I am somewhat knowledgeable about uh, competitive formats, I have had many people ask me to look at their deck. And a lot of times, when I see their deck, the first thing my thought process goes to, uh, for example, well, you're playing Rakdos, why don't you just play a Rakdos sacrifice deck? Because that's what the best deck is the format is. So that's that's a top tier deck. Yes. Clearly, the person who has submitted this mono wolf deck does not want to just build mono green devotion or whatever is the best mono green stompy deck in right. pioneer they want to build this so i try really hard to i want to look at your deck and i want to see how would i make your deck better because i could easily just tell you yeah just go play the green cards that everyone else plays because we know they're good yeah so i want to go through this give it some a nice uh, a nice overview especially because pioneer sorry pauper much like pioneer is so open like you do not need to be scraping the top of the ceiling of power to have a really good deck. Right. Case in point, I build a in a, in the course of a week and a half and a trade binder. I build an Esper Mentor deck and it's it's good enough. It goes two one. So, um, I did not get this list to Matt. So I will get this list sent to you in Discord. What is it? Got it. Yep. Alrighty. So this is a list. Now I'm not saying this is a successful list i'm not saying this is a challenge winning list i literally just googled uh popper wolves just to see what at least one person is building and so we look at this list we've got 22 creatures and we've got 21 lands and then we've got 11 spells kind of smushed in there for some uh some value and a lot of this is very similar to what mono wolf is trying to do things like vines of vastwood things like hunger of the howl pack just pump spells Pump, make it bigger. But like Vines of Vastwood or uh, Snake Umbra, we have some protection built in there too. And so that's kind of what we were talking about where you want to up that creature count because you you need to flood the board. You cannot lose to you know three pieces of removal this game or four pieces of removal mm-hmm. over the course of the game. You have to just, much like Matt's deck last night, just make them keep killing your crap. Because eventually they're going to run out of kill spells and you're going to kill them. And if you can... Throw some stuff in front of them, like these Vines of Vastwoods, these Hexproof-style cards. Um, you've got some things like Epic Confrontation, where it's a two-mana fight spell. It's, it pumps and fights, which is obviously like... That's that's like your pseudo-black spells right there. That's kind of how green does removal, is they mm-hmm. fight, which you're super ready to go fighting anyway. Because you are you want to be like, you know, oh, my opponent tapped out for a big 5-5, five, five, take my 3-3, three, three, pump it once, make it fight, and pump it again, attack kill their creature, punch them for seven, stuff like that. So we've got things like Hunger the Howl Pack, which just puts some counters on stuff. It's got Morbid, so you get, um, if you already had a creature die this turn, you get, even, you get more counters. Vines of Vastwood, which is, I mean, it's a legacy staple in Infect, 
it's one of the most efficient pump spells I think we've ever had printed, where it's a one-mana hexproof spell, I believe. Yeah. And then for the second mana, so two, you get plus four, plus four, which is crazy. Actually, and Vines of Vastwood has tons of applications people don't think of. Because Vines of Vastwood doesn't say target creature gains hexproof. It says target creature can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. You can literally use this as a counterspell. Mm-hmm. So let's say your opponent goes to pump their own creature with a giant growth. You can Vines of Vastwood their creature, not paying the kicker, and give it protection from them and their pump spell fizzles. Right. There's. I've had. Um, I've gone to uh, go infinite combo with Freed from the Real. With a with a creature that makes multiple mana and make infinite mana, and I've had a vines of basswood cast on it to can't to counter my own freed from the real. There you go. Like <laughs> that card is so so it's very good. versatile, very versatile. Uh, Epic confrontation is that really good fight spell. Uh, Moon mist, a two mana. You can transform all humans, which that's kind of whatever, but you can prevent uh, all damage that would be dealt by non werewolves and wolves. So basically, all of your wolves still do damage. None of their stuff does damage. So that's a great combat trick where if you're going to get in a position where you have to attack out and you're going to force some bad blocks, huge blow out there. Or the swing out where they're like, well, you're dead. Fog. Attack with six creatures. And you're like, cool, fog, my turn, attack. Yeah. it's That is such an incredibly versatile card that these wolf tribal decks get to make use of. A one-sided fog for two, so, so good. Uh, Rancor probably one of the best commons ever printed uh this is one of those things like if you only add one thing to your deck from us talking to you mono wolf is get you some rancors and put rancor in there yep that card is almost impossible to deal with and popper basically is i mean unless you counter it the only way is you counter it yeah but it's 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 very it's a pain in the ass i guess or discard you can make it you can get rid of it but it's just one of those things like once it resolves it's yeah once your opponent draws rancor their best creature gets plus two, plus oh, and trample until the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, and then Snake Umbra is a is a great pickup for you guys, uh, for these decks. Um, so giving it 1-1 one, one and whenever it deals damage, draw a card. That's huge. Keep yourself full. And the Totem Armor is great, too. If you're going to be dedicating a lot of resources to a single creature, that Snake Umbra just gives you that really good protection where you, have, you already have a free uh, pseudo uh, regenerate on it. Yep. Where it's got that regenerate shield where it's... Or it's, a, it's even better than a shield counter. Because it has to actually die. Yeah, the uh, like the the obvious target there is going to be like Lone Wolf, so it can deal damages that weren't blocked. So you yeah. put that on there. It's a three three. It's going to survive most combat combat with most creatures and Popper. And now it's dealing damages if it wasn't blocked. So you're going to be drawing a card every turn. Yep. And so moving into the creature, we have we have twenty two creatures now. None of these creatures are what we've seen in the Crimson Vow deck. These are basically all older wolves. That doesn't mean the newer wolves are necessarily straight up worse. They're just different, and they might be accomplishing different things. So this mana curve is quite a bit lower than we saw in the original list, and mm-hmm. that's that's really relevant. We've got um, ones and two, one, twos, and threes, and capping out at six. Now I'm guessing that, that having that six drop on the top end is one of the reasons why you're running so many lands. Like we said, you want to either be having turns where you're casting three or four spells a turn, and you also want to have the ability to cast this giant six six. This list has gone the other direction, and we've we've lowered that curve all the way down to um, a couple ones, a bunch of twos, and a few threes. And we've got things like Young Wolf, which is a great recursive threat, a one mana that dies in, or a one one that dies into a two two. We've got Scorned Villager, which is a really good uh, mana dork that also flips into a much better mana dork that can also punch. Uh, Timberwolf, 
timber pack wolf, which is the that's like that's the key we talked about when we're talking about tribal, you know, for each wolf when you see whenever a wolf blah, blah. so timber pack wolf gets plus one plus one for each other wolf you control named timber pack wolf so Yuli's getting synergy with itself. Yep. Uh, wandering wolf a two mana two one, and uh, but creatures with power less than it can't block it. So that's going to be a great place to uh, that and the sacred wolf or not sacred wolf the lone wolf where. You're gonna to want to put your snake umbra and your stuff on that because it's gonna be once you get that to a four four a five five a six six it's just unblockable. Yeah, I mean you throw a Roncor on that again if you're talking about the standard popper metagame, most creatures are yeah. not don't four, have four one. power. Yep, and, and it's so, just basically unblockable. Yeah, and just gonna be getting and drawing lots of cards. Uh, Lone wolf, like I said, it's a, a three mana two two, but it just deals damage if it wasn't blocked. So like that's one of those that you can you can jack up throw in there. If they throw a three three in front of it or whatever, they it doesn't matter. They're still taking six or yep. ten. Well, and that's the the great thing is like you can do that, and then you you hold your combat tricks for that. So say they're going to yeah. block it, then you have the choice of either killing their creature or going to face if it's better for you. Yep. So it just makes a it makes your uh, like vines of vastwood just even more versatile. Yeah. It's even optional too. You may have yeah. it. Yep. You can kill the creature. Yeah. You can pump the creature, save your creature, and kill theirs. Or you can just go to face if yep. they're, you know, if it's getting to the end of the game. And then Sacred Wolf, just a three mana three one with hexproof, which is very good, obviously. When you're when you're playing this tribal pump, yep. Hexproof is an amazing ability. Now we didn't get Mono Wolf sideboard, and I don't know if he has a sideboard or if he's still building one. That doesn't matter. Uh, there's one card that is um, interesting and probably worth putting in your sideboard. So the four Rot Wolf, a three mana two two with Infect Wolf, is probably something that's like worth considering because obviously if you're running if you can move into an infect plan you just reduce our left hold to 10 now you have to be careful whenever you're running a single or a like a one of or a couple infect creatures because that's gonna be your worst top deck yeah like if you get to the end of the game you've got them to four and then you rip rot wolf and they're back at 10 essentially um something to keep in mind but it's an interesting uh flex to move to poison counters instead because you do have the ability to just go Make you have the ability to make a 10 10 in one turn with a few good pump spells, especially the way Mono Wolf was kind of building it a little more towards those one mana plus three plus three, two mana plus two mm-hmm. plus twos. So, Rot Wolf was something that's probably worth considering. Matt, is there anything, is there anything else that I missed on this that you kind of that jumped out at you as far as this new list? No, I mean, that all kind of makes sense. Um, you just kind of want to tweak it. Uh, if you're looking to be competitive with this, you need to start looking at the metagame as a whole. Um, as especially looking at your your, your sideboards, your local metagame. So you want to see, like, have an idea what the metagame looks like, and then when you go to the shop, you'll have at least some idea of what you're playing against, and then tune this deck to beat your local metagame. Like, that's what I always say, and that's what I was saying. Like, when I built Boros Aggro, I just put together a sideboard so I'd have some general stuff. Mm-hmm. But as we go forward, it's like, well, I know approximately what people are playing. My That's what a sideboard's for. Yeah. It's not for just what the internet what plays. the internet plays. It's for where you're playing. Yep. Build your sideboard to beat the decks you expect to see. So especially if you, I mean, it's one thing you don't want to like if you have a buddy who just you guys just play together all day. You don't need to beat your deck specific like build your deck to specifically beat them. That that gets into this vicious circle where you're not actually playing Magic anymore. You're just tuning your deck to beat the guy sitting across the table that mm-hmm. you know you hang out with every day. But like if you're going to a card shop, there's going to be a metagame there. Yep. And you f- go there with kind of what you have in mind and then tweak your deck and see what beats you. Pick the, you know, I try to get 
like if there's decks that just blow you out unless they have like a huge chink in their armor that you can exploit i don't typically spend a whole lot of time sideboarding against those guys you like you can bump your win percentage from 35 to 40 yeah okay cool i'd rather i like pushing on the close matchups mm-hmm. and then shoring up my weaknesses that people have against like like again i bring it back to elves I want to be able to kill Plague Engineer. That's what people are going to be playing yeah. against me. I'm, you know, I'm going to bring in discard to get their sideboard pieces yep. and to get, you know, that kind of stuff. That's kind of how I approach a sideboard. Could be wrong there, but like I don't try to I'm not going to dedicate 15 slots, 10 slots, 5 slots to a, a matchup that's basically unwinnable anyways. Yep. I try really hard to focus my sideboard on like issues I'm having in the game. Not necessarily like against DC or against Ethan, but like Boy, I really just have a hard time when my opponent has counter magic. What can I do to yep. help fight through some counter magic? Or, you know, those games where my opponent just like once they slam a four four, I just am fucked. Well, how do I deal with four fours when they come down? And that's that's why I start building my sideboard is as I find more issues where it's like, this thing happens and I just can't do anything. Well, a perfect example. That's a weakness. Of that I need to move to that. Is uh like the the card shop there, there's now three people playing spirits. Mm-hmm. So having some like supreme verdicts in your sideboard yes. is probably not a bad idea. Yep. Because they're going to commit two or three spirits to the board and yeah, protect them with counter spells. They are that critical mass deck that runs tempo also. Where they're all like they're they're geistlight snares and basically mana leaks, cheap mana leaks. Where it's like, yeah, they're gonna they flood the board. They start hitting for four to six a turn, and they hold, they back it up with lofty denials, counter spells. Yeah, and so you need to have and so some decks don't care about that. They like um, when I was playing Lotus Field. I can usually do okay with that. I can outrace them a lot of times, or I can get one or two quick board reps in. And I'm good, but something like my deck, where like I, that's that's not okay. That's yeah. a problem. And when that's a problem, that's a, you look at your sideboard and you go, "How do I solve this problem?" You know, you might start by over sideboarding for it, and then as you acquire more problems, fine tune the ones that are the biggest problem, or at least the most easily addressed. And remember that sometimes you do just lose. There are decks you yep. just lose to. Like, Absolutely. There's also players you just lose to. Like I never beat Matt. <laughs> because i've gotten into your head that's i was re <laughs> i you weren't in my head last night i felt good about it i was ready i was and it just it was that was a fun game those, yeah, those were really fun i had games. a good time so hopefully that's some good um some good information uh just for funsies i did click on like and like these are again these are untried decks people just kind of threw decks together but another popper deck someone built this has like three or four wolves we didn't talk about like arlene's wolf and thornhide wolves mm-hmm. but it's still running that 20 creatures um uh this one's only running 14 lands they don't know how to build decks so they need to cut yeah. some of these spells. But the other one I Only saw, elves gets to run yeah. 14 lands. Uh, the other one I saw was running like 22 creatures and like 21 lands. I, I think that's where you kind of want to be is that 20-ish creatures, 20-ish lands, and then adjust to taste in there. Yeah. Probably don't want to go much below 20, though. Because yep. you need to hit your land drops because you need to get to where you're being able to ca- you're be multi-spelling on the turn, casting two or three spells, casting two creatures so that next turn you can have multiple pump spells up. Yep. But I think that's all we had to say on that. So I hope that you... I hope you gained something. Hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about your, don't get me wrong, really cool tribal deck. Wolves is a cool tribe to get to try and take advantage of. Yep. About the only thing else I would say is if you really like the tribal style, but you're looking to go to the next type of deck, like a stronger deck, like if you really get sucked into Popper, look up Mono Green Stompy. Yeah. It's kind of like the the competitive version where they, they cut the tribal theme and they just run the best, most mm-hmm. efficient creatures yep. with the best, most efficient spells. And if you do want to run legit tribal stuff, uh, check out Elves. Yeah. Popper Elves is, it's difficult to play, but I, w- I would recommend like watching some YouTube videos, find someone playing it on YouTube, um, but it's very strong. It's, it's, it's absurdly strong. Yeah, it's a very cool deck. 
Uh, it is, it's not particularly well suited in the current meta. Uh, there's some like sweepers and stuff that are kind of floating around yeah. with affinity. I think and whatnot. Blazing Volley was that was or not Blazing Volley, but it wasn't. And the festivities are common. The there's like, that. The big one is um, it's in the uh, the affinity deck. There's a a goblin like when it, you can like sacrifice an artifact to deal one point of damage to all creatures. Oh geez, something like that. Like I forget exactly what it does, but that's effectively what it yep. does. It's like whenever you sacrifice an artifact, it deals one damage to each creature without flying. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And with affinity being as popular as it is. Uh, that's everywhere so it's just like cool so these main deck board wipes in yeah. a format that doesn't traditionally speaking have board wipes and the way popper elves would deal with the board wipes is they'd run uh spider silk armor spider silk armor and there's one other one that like regenerates all creatures you control oh wrap and vigor yeah wrap and vigor so they go to do a one man to each creature you go wrap and vigor and it's effectively your counter spell for yeah. that it regenerates your board and yeah. then spider silk armor just gives your creatures plus plus zero plus, plus zero plus one and reach if i remember correctly yes i've gotten people with that too yeah it's very important and when like flying berries around and everything but that's that's kind of how i would look at it as like Enjoy your wolf deck. Play it as much as you want. If you want to take the step into slightly more competitive play, check out Mono Green Stompy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super eager to hear how this get this deck uh, keeps going for you. But I believe that brings us basically to the end of our episode. So um, I want to give a final shout out to our patrons. Uh, every, I say every week. It makes this podcast so much easier to do every week, knowing that you guys uh, help support us in such a real meaningful way. If anyone else wants to get their name shout out every week or get some sweet perks like extra content, we're going to be recording a whole probably 30, 40 minutes right now, or maybe get some of your stuff shout out or get access to our private Discord, check out uh, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. If you want to check out a sweet standard podcast, check out Planesockers podcast. And that's obviously Planesockers everywhere, all the... Um, podcast distribution websites check out their twitch twitch.tv forward slash planesuckers podcast mondays and wednesdays for some great live content check out their discord discord.planesuckerspodcast where we do still have a channel and we do still chit chat with people matt uh was there anything i forgot to no, talk about this week i think you got it all all righty well oh if you want to reach out to us i forgot to, our plugs i'm plugging everybody else if you want to send us an email, uh, cantripcartel at gmail.com. You can follow our Facebook group, Cantrip Cartel. You can follow us on Twitter at Cantrip Cartel, and you can check out our Instagram at Cantrip Cartel. And now that I'm done, we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. So on my turn, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, just play Monastery Mentor. Uh, I'm going to Thought Seize you. Okay. And then I'm going to... I guess I'm going to cast Eliminate on your first creature, and then I'm going to cast Drown on the Lock on your second creature, and I'm going to make uh, four tokens. You can go. Cool. Well, uh, I still won that, so suck it. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells. Casting elves, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers cross the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of 
of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound, Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds, Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found, through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how, to convey these magic stories aloud, to the crowds, the masses, make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic, through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel.